Karen. Thank you so much for accepting my invitation. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. I figured if my WBO, you know, people like you, then I should say yes to. <laughs> <laughs> that is an endorsement indeed. We're talking about women business owners, which is a fabulous networking group, or even or an even better way to make new friends. Jennifer Master from Master Recruiting and Consulting is here with us today, and she spells her name M-A-S-T-O-R when you're Googling her. And you're in Issaquah. You're just down the road from me. Hi, neighbor. Hey, neighbor. <laughs> I'm out at the lake, and Issaquah is where I go paddleboarding. Oh, very cool. I haven't done that yet. Well, I will meet you down there sometime. It's a lot of fun and easier than it looks. But more importantly, back to you. Even though you're based in Issaquah, with the way the world has been lately, I'm guessing you have clients all over America. Well, I'm U.S. mostly. I'm a national recruiter, and I've, I've dabbled in Canada, but that's about it. So, <laughs> Canada. Now, that wasn't an answer I was expecting. Jennifer is a national professional recruiter, and she's a business and career consultant. And she has a phenomenal success rate, which I'm going to circle back to later. But one of the things about Jennifer is that she says very clearly she is kind. For me, kindness is one of the most important human traits there are. Why do you make that one of your philosophies? Because it's the right thing to do. Well, that just sums that up. <laughs> It's... I mean, you're kind because you should be. Unless somebody gives you a reason not to be, then why would you not? <laughs> I can't think of a better answer. <laughs> like, isn't that just common sense? <laughs> um, common sense is not always that common. You I've have, learned. <laughs> you have been in recruiting for over two decades, which is fabulous. In fact, it's getting closer to three, which because you obviously started recruiting when you were 12. But I believe you got into recruiting through an advert in a Sunday newspaper. That is very correct. Yeah, when we still advertised in the Sunday newspaper. <laughs> so how did that come about and what happened? Um, I was married at the time. And I was working in the hospitality industry, which I was my very first passion. And my husband at the time said, I love you dearly, but I miss you even more. This is not an ultimatum, but man, if you could not do back-to-backs anymore and I could actually see you more, that would be great. So I dabbled in looking and I read an ad, looked interesting. Three hours later, I got an offer. The next day I accepted. Wow. And here we are so many years later, and you obviously found your forte because your success rate, as I, I am circling back to, is 95%. I've never heard of a success rate that high. That's unprecedented. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. I do take pride in that, yes. You should. I, I, you say you are a reverse recruiter. How do you recruit in reverse? Well, it's kind of funny. Thank you for actually asking that. Erin, um, because if you actually look up the term reverse recruiter, it talks about something that is illegal, at least in the Washington state area. When I first started, it was okay to pay for a job where instead of employers would pay the agency, the applicant would pay the agency to get the job that they wanted. We don't do that anymore and it's illegal. 
So as a reverse recruiter from my end, people need to know that my job is to represent the applicant only, either in the recruiting aspect as well as when I'm consulting. My clients might pay me on the recruiting end, but my job is to make my applicants happy. And I do that by getting to know them first and foremost before I even tell them about my client, the position and everything else. So if I can make them happy, they can make my client happy. They're the ones doing the work. And that's a very different mo model than most of your other agencies out there. They work for the employer, they ask open-ended questions, and then they see if it sticks. And I don't do anything like that. That is an incredibly different philosophy. I'm a terrible employee. I'm a good employer, but I'm a terrible employee. <laughs> but I know who to come to if I ever do decide uh, to go to enter that field, though I'm not sure you'd place me anywhere, to be honest. Onboarding is incredibly important. Would you tell me what onboarding is and why it matters? Onboarding is the very first day and start of a new career and or job. Um, the fundamentals of getting all the paperwork together so you can get your paycheck and get your benefits is a necessity. And so you fill out a lot of paperwork. But then the right employer will actually set the stage introduce you even ahead of time to some of the people that you're going to be working with, maybe even connect you up with a buddy and say, okay, you're going to walk around from place to place, or you're going to zoom to zoom in today's world um, and introduce yourself. You're going to set the culture for what this new person is about to walk into. And if you don't do it the right way, it can really set the person up for failure instead of being successful. And so when I have any new start with any new employer, new client, I actually make sure they actually know how to onboard the right way, get their paperwork together. Yes, but really set them up to get to know people, make them feel comfortable and welcoming. I've had employers make sure that there's plants or flowers on the desk when they would come into the office. Um, they would set them up with a swag box if it was, you know, remote, just to let them know that they feel valued and appreciated. Oh, but that should be going ongoing constantly. So onboarding should be going ongoing all the time that is wonderful and i think it is possibly quite unusual so it's no wonder that you also uh, provide expert insights on strategic planning and leadership development at any level can you tell me more about leadership development how much time do we have <laughs> well, as long as you like I, i'm the after <laughs> And I know it's an absolutely huge question. So perhaps what's one thing you would like to see every leader personify? To be open and transparent, not to leave other people guessing. Clarity. Clarity is, uh, is I am all for clarity and agreed upon terms. Yeah, there's so many people out there still not knowing what the heck's going on with their company or their role. There's so many people out there, should I stay, should I go? And there's not enough leaders out there reaching out to these individuals, literally asking these open-ended questions. Are you happy? How can I help you? What's going on in your home life? Are you able to succeed? Do you feel you want to succeed? Do you feel you want to stay? And if these leaders don't ask these questions, they're bad leaders, they're bad communicators, and they're going to suffer the business. And you also see that happening right now. People are leaving because they're not happy, because they don't feel valued by these leaders asking them these questions. 
The value of communication. My sister's company, Fuel 50, focuses on career engagement solutions, communication and clarity. I love how you have proven systems, which you, you work with with your, with your clients, but they're to help people achieve their goals. But you said my magical word. You said reach your vision faster. How would you define, what do you mean by the word vision? What do you see out there for you? It's really, it's really that clear. Um, when I do a lot of consulting with individuals, they think they know what they're looking for. They think they know what they should be doing. But in reality, people have told them what they think they should be doing. Teachers have been telling them. Parents have been telling them. Their friends have been telling them. And in retrospect, they really don't know if that's the right path for them. So by asking them some pretty strong questions about themselves, they get to find out what their vision really is. Am I supposed to be going forth in engineering? Am I supposed to be going forth in administrative work? Um, and they don't know these answers until they actually are asked them by themselves and so not anybody else has any input. And that's super important. So what is your vision moving forward on who you want to be? What do you want to represent? What is your value that you want to get out there? I love all your answers, and I suddenly feel incredibly compelled to ask you to find me a job. <laughs> In case I forget, uh, because I often get so engrossed, I do. Clothing, I'd love to ask you about yours. I thank you very much for letting me stalk you, and you you accepted my LinkedIn and Facebook. <laughs> uh, uh, your Facebook is very circumspect. All I could tell is that you have a lot of wonderful close relationships, and I think you like to spend time at the beach. Um, well, beach is my happy place. I'm a California girl born and raised and very happy to say that out loud to any of your listeners. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so, yes, the beach and the water are my happy places. It's so surreal and it's quiet and it allows you to be one with yourself. And I guess some of the last pictures you might have seen on my Facebook was actually taken you know, very recently at Kulon Park. Where I spent a lot of my time with my kids growing up and found our village there. And anything around water makes me happy. Yeah, me too. It was so cold yesterday. I ended up having a bath uh, simply to feel some water around me. Hmm. It seems like you've got a really close relationship with your children. You make it very clear that you admire, love, and respect them. <laughs> really touched me. Thank you. We've, it was been the three of us for 15 years. I raised them by myself when they were uh, six and nine. That's so young. And they've grown up into, into adults. Oh, oh yeah. I'm with. A very proud mama. I've got a son who is in the Air Force. I've got a daughter who's 22, supporting herself since she's been 20 as oh. a professional pet groomer who has a wait list two months, two months long to get to see her. <laughs> so, yes, I brag about my children because it's worthy of them and i'm sure they feel the same way about you because i think your headshot was taken by one of your children my it son <laughs> taken by the word it had the, the tagline mom <laughs> mom usually doesn't smile a lot for camera she's usually the one taking the pictures <laughs> well it was delightful so to circle back to close uh yeah i think four seasons overrated i'd rather just live in summer but what what are some of your favorite clothes to wear when you're at the beach as little as possible. Yes. 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 Oh, for public nudity. 
I'm at the beach, I'm in a bathing suit, I'm taking in the sand, I'm taking in the salt water. <laughs> what if I'm not going to be on the beach enjoying the water and going in and out of the water? Uh, I live in sundresses. Mm. Shorts and sundresses are my go-to happy place just because it's easy and it's freeing and being raised in shorts all my life. If it's 65 and higher in Seattle, I'm in shorts. Are you serious? If it's 65, I'm in my winter clothes. No, I'm in shorts and maybe a sweatshirt. <laughs> but I am in definite, I'm in shorts. If the sun is out, unless I'm on a ferry somewhere, yeah, I'm in a dress or shorts. Well, I admire you deeply. I shiver if it gets below 80 degrees. Back yeah. to clothes. Do they matter? When you are sending applicants off to interview for jobs, does it matter what they're wearing? Oh, yes. Tell me more. I am a stickler <laughs> on what people wear for interviews. I'm going to share what I want them to wear. I'm going to share a very quick story of what happened to my daughter as well with clothes. If you are a gentleman, you don't necessarily have to wear a suit. You have to know where you're going into. And it's my responsibility to tell them if it's 100% business suit attire or business casual or just business. So if it's business executive, men are in a suit, women are in a suit, pants, dress, skirt, I don't care. The rule is, is you look in the mirror before you leave and you say you look good, you look professional, and you're comfortable. Because there's nothing like wearing something too big or too tight when you sit down and going either rip or falling down. So you do have to be careful in that mode. I'm a little old fashioned at times with women um, in the summertime. They can wear slacks, but hey, if you feel comfortable, wear a dress, wear a skirt. It's okay to be a woman and dress like one, in my opinion. Mm, I agree. I adore dresses, mainly because they're one and done. You put on exactly <laughs> and you're out the door. Requires pretty much. And they're statement pieces too. You can make a statement with a dress, and and if it's a bold dress, you you don't usually need any accessories with it either, which is nice. Right, right. And, so that's why I say you look good. You look professional. Exactly, and dress for the job that you want. Uh, a friend of mine just recently started a new job and she said she felt a little overdressed on the first day. And I'm like, great, you can adjust on your second or your third or your fourth. But on the first day, I'm I'm happy if you're slightly overdressed. Oh, yeah. I've had clients actually tell me, oh, just tell your, you know, tell the guys to wear jeans and a nice shirt. You're fine. And I will never tell anybody to ever wear jeans on an interview. I don't care where you're interviewing. You will never wear jeans on an interview. They want you to wear jeans. You wear slacks. You can wear khakis or something like that but no you don't wear jeans I agree it's, it's about respect and it also shows that you're willing to elevate that you respect the company you're willing to and enthusiasm I, I speak I, show your enthusiasm too I I've, I've, rec I've had people apply for jobs where the lack of passion you know please show me that you actually are interested in the job but believe me I am noticing what you're wearing and if you haven't shown us respect yeah I completely agree. And also, sure, you're probably going to, you may end up in a tech company where jeans and t-shirts are de rigueur, but uh, yeah, start off by elevating, elevating your appearance because those first microseconds, uh, that, that impression will stay with people. A hundred percent. Oh, and yeah. also squats. If you're going to be wearing anything for an interview, when you're introducing yourself in the mirror and saying, hi, my name is, and knowing that you feel comfortable, do a few squats, do a few yoga poses, make sure you can actually move in your clothes. 
Well, and that's why I say make sure that you're comfortable as well, because, you know, I, I have I could write a book on the stories that I have had um, and that I have heard mostly what I have heard about what people end up doing in interviews and what they've been wearing and how they look. Oh, please do. I would absolutely read that. <laughs> in your spare time, you know, just dictate it when you're at the beach on your paddleboard. Probably <laughs> <laughs> have transcription software. Hey, speaking of books, uh, Jennifer has a free hiring guide, by the way. If you jump on her site, masterrecruiting.com, and that's M-A-S-T-O-R, she has a free hiring guide. So there's something to read while you wait for her to create her book on what not to wear, the, uh, the professional job interview edition. Yeah, it'll be about a page long. It's so easy. It's not even funny. You don't even have to wear a book. I could write a paragraph. But the thing is, is that some people just don't take it seriously. And they just, well, I want to dress because this is who I am. I'm like, of course, dress for who you are. But that doesn't mean you have to wear stripes and horizontals all different ways on an interview or on a first interview. It means you have to be professional. Agreed. I, I see a guest, a guest blog spot coming up. <laughs> <laughs> you have great blogs on your website. I've got so many questions for you. First of all, I love your logo. Master Recruiting has this logo of these, of it's an M with these little circles above it, so it looks a bit like a crown. But you realize there are two people holding hands and they're blue. And we need more blue people. I am mm -hmm. very pro blue people. So it's a gorgeous logo. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, it meant a lot to me when I went and when I, I put it together and um, Rachel Corwin of Kiwi Collective actually helped me with that. I said, I need a logo. And I said, my last name is M and I want to have it where people come together. And she just made it so very natural looking with the colors. Cause if you, if you look at the, the, the little dot, the M is purple. At the oh, very end, the, the tip of the the tip of the M is purple. Yes, and that just happens to be my favorite color. So <laughs> I included myself, like you should, when it comes to my logo. I love that, and purple is a wonderful color. It's so rich and majestic. Uh, I actually Kiwi Creative. I contacted her. She's. I'm. I'm hoping she'll be a guest because I'm like, are you from New Zealand? You know, Kiwi Creative. Are you from from Auckland? And she's like, no, no. And she had. To, I'll let her tell her story as to why yeah. she's a kiwi creative. But it's nothing to do with kiwi fruit, and it's nothing nope. to do with me. <laughs> no, no. Rachel's got a wonderful story. So, <laughs> yeah, I guess throw that out to Rachel and to um, another shout out to WBO. How's that? <laughs> Don't even think about it. It's <laughs> a fabulous idea, WBO. Here we go. Back to your blogs. Unemployment in Washington State is going to stop next month. Is that right? That's what they say. I mean, it, it is different for a little bit of everybody, but the, the, the deadline was in September to stop it with COVID. And it's getting really competitive out there right now. And so I'm constantly writing about people getting out there. Your unemployment's going to stop. People are not, you know, people are looking for all different types of individuals right now and to get out there before September to not to beat the competition. And that's employers too. They need to get out there and hire before anything else happens. You also say it's important to support your state. Would you tell <laughs> me more about that? Um, 
if you want to. No, when you, here's the thing. When you work remote and you work in Georgia, because you live in Georgia, but the company is located in Seattle, you're now supporting Georgia with your taxes and not Seattle. So you're not, I, I want people to support their state. I don't want people to support where they live. And I'm, and people are going to judge me for this and look at me funny, but in my humble opinion, working remote is just fine. I'm actually writing a blog about it before I got on the phone with you. So reach, look for that soon. But if you live in Seattle, it's okay for companies to hire you in Seattle. And even though you can work remote, I mean, why not support your own state? Why are you supporting everything else? So mostly it's to the companies that are hiring. Why are you giving things away to other states instead of supporting your own? And it just doesn't make sense to me. I love that. Being, be self-supporting. Help your state be self-supporting. We can't grow without another individual. And yes, we all have taxes. And yes, we all know Seattle's got one of the highest ones out there, unfortunately. But if you're going to live here, support it. Agreed. Uh, otherwise, it's it's kind of a freeloading, really. You're using the uh, amenities and the facilities, but you're not contributing. And I always believe people, if they can, uh, being self-supporting in some way, support. This kind of like backfires. Be kind to your state. Be kind. <laughs> I see in one of your blogs, you actually had to explain what what recruiters actually do. Is this, yeah. Because there's misconceptions, I'm guessing. Well, there's very different variations of recruiters. So in that blog, it talks about all the different types of recruiters. I mean, our end goal is always to you know, help another person find the job, right? Or get the job that they want. But you have in-house recruiters, you have agency recruiters, you have independent recruiters, you have sole entrepreneur recruiters, and you have sourcers. And what a lot of people don't understand is that when you're first looking for a job, either in-house or through an agency, they go through a sourcer first. And a sourcer does not know how to recruit. They are hired to look at a resume and either delete them or hire them and bring them in. But the problem with that is that most of most sourcers and recruiters are not taught how to do both. So the easiest thing to do is just to delete. And they have to know the difference. So when you're out there looking for a position, if you're not going through me and you're going through all the bigger agencies and the in-house staffing people, you need to ask questions. How long have you been doing it? What is your responsibility as a recruiter? What kind of information can you share with me? And are you a senior recruiter? Because if you're just starting out to learn the business, you're not going to have all the answers. Not that anybody ever has all the answers, but a senior recruiter will have more answers for you and be able to drive you in a better direction. So know who you're talking to. Know the difference of the types of recruiters that you're working with. I have worked in an agency and now I work with a sole entrepreneur. So I know both ends. Never worked in in-house though. Kind of always wanted to, but that's a whole different story. And recruiters, you know, they all have anywhere from 10 to 25 different recs that they're working on for a company. I was, I have an idea. I'll talk to you about that offline. I've been talking about my job, getting a job, having a job, but there's a huge difference between a job and a career. I've had 35 jobs, but they have added up to a career. Would you tell me what the difference is? Um, big time difference. A job 
and please respect, there's nothing wrong with having a job. Um, a job is you get up, you go to work every day, you do your job, you do it well, you earn your paycheck, you go home. There you go. Simple as that. <laughs> a career is where you start at one level and you continue yourself and you drive yourself and you want to succeed going up the corporate ladder. So let's use hate human resources because they've got lots of ladders that you can go. So for instance, if you want to get into human resources and you just got your degree at UW to be an HR person, you're going to start off as an HR assistant. Then you're going to go into an administrator. And then maybe you're going to go into a coordinator. And then you're going to go into as a generalist where you get to learn everything. Then maybe you go into a specialist. Then you go into manager. And then maybe you go into higher and higher and higher. So that's a career focus is when you can continue to climb the corporate ladder, take on more responsibility, earn higher paycheck, and make bigger and better decisions. That's a career individual who wants to go as far as they can. And there's a lot of people out there who think that's what they should have in life. And I actually just got off the phone with this individual who's been suffering with that because her parents, she went to school, she's supposed to have a career, she had a career, and she's not happy in her career. And I said, so find a job. She's like, I can't do that. I'm like, why not? Why can't you find a job where you go to, you like going to it, you do a good job and you come home. We actually need more people like that, to be honest with you. And that's the biggest difference. Thank you. Because I have pivoted and pivoted and pivoted and pivoted and it has been an enormous amount of fun. And my resume reads like a one of those games, uh, pinball machines. <laughs> I've never managed to climb a corporate ladder. I just, yeah, it, it's just, I, I, I don't work in that environment very well. But thank you for validating that, guess what? We can just get a job that makes us happy. Yeah. I loved one of your blogs. This morning I gave a, a workshop on fear of success uh, to Moscow, actually. And you, one of your blogs is about fear. How mm. does that relate to recruiting and what you do and your world? Be a little bit more specific for me, Erin, on that one, because there's the fear of being a recruiter and then there's a fear of working with a recruiter and there's fear of finding yourself. So which direction are you trying to go in with me? Let's, let's circle back to fear of success. And thank you for helping me clarify. Do you notice that Jennifer is incre incredibly good with clarity? Have you noticed how succinct and clear her answers are? I, so, so how about fear of success? Well, do you have it? Look at you. You're on a blog. You're on a recorder. People know who you are. Do you ever get to that point where, oh, my gosh, are people really going to see where I'm making a mistake? Do people understand my fear of not wanting to go in that direction, but I have to? Oh, it's not fair to turn it back on me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me turn it on myself. Here, I'll turn it on me. I never in my life thought I was going to be an owner of a company. It was never in my repertoire. It was never in my thought, never in my head. Never it was never ambitious enough to be a, an owner of anything. And then when I left my last company... People said, what are you going to do? And I'm like, well, I'm going to go out there and interview. And I interviewed and I realized that no one was going to hire me because they all wanted me to be hired as a manager or higher up. 
and I didn't want to be a manager. I don't babysit anymore. Just don't want to do that. And I have still companies after me going, hey, I need your help. So my sister and my, and my daughter, I was still living because she was still living with me. She's like, do it yourself. And I literally, um, without dropping an F-bomb, Aaron, I was mm-hmm in my head. Are you freaking kidding me? You want me to do what? <laughs> and I jumped in and I did it. And I'm still doing it. We'll never go back. But just a couple of months ago, I was fearful because I was succeeding more than I ever thought I could. I was doing things that I never even thought that I would imagine that I could do that. And I was being very fearful in myself for succeeding. And a lot of people think fear is not succeeding, but sometimes you can take it to the other extreme. And when you're succeeding, there's a fear that you either have to keep up that momentum or what happens if you completely drop it. And that's a real process that goes in everybody's mind. And if you face it head on, then you're going to have more clarity. And fear is a real thing. And the minute you say, I'm fearful of it, is the minute you start accepting it. Awareness, acceptance, and action. Or as somebody said to me, fear means false evidence appearing real. My fear of success is I fear success will take away my freedom my autonomy, uh, my flexibility, and that being visible uh, can bring with it repercussions. We have this thing in New Zealand called the tall poppy syndrome, where if you stick your head out above the, cl- about the, above the crowd, we will often cut, cut it down. We will cut you down. So mm. I think where my originates from. Thank you so much. I think it's really spooky because I, I, I was literally – uh, that, that word is so overused, but I gave a workshop on fear of success this morning. Thank you for your vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Another thing yeah. we believe in, and it's it's right up there in black and white on your website is you, and, and LinkedIn, is you believe in living life to the fullest. Mm-hmm. Would you tell me what that means for you? Um, well, let's use the fear thing. Um, don't be afraid of doing the things that you want to do. I had a very indifferent childhood and found myself as I was growing up and accepting things that I wanted to do of having that little voice in my head that was planted in my head a long time ago that I couldn't do it and once I realized that I could do it screw the voice in my head I just go straight on for it I I don't have a filter Aaron I wish I had one. I really do. <laughs> but don't. I don't have a filter either. Oh. I go straight on. Someone asks me a question, boom, I'm going to give you an answer. You may not like it, but it's the honest answer. If somebody says, you know, let's try it this way, I'm going to try it. I'm not going to say no unless it's unethical. And I move myself forward. I push myself forward. My siblings um, and I, who are extremely close, my brother and my sister and myself, we, we all do that. The three of us push ourselves and we push each other because we're our support and we've learned not to let go. And can I say that you may have had an indifferent childhood, but you didn't create that for your children? Not at all. Um, all three of us, we have, it's kind of fun to say, I get to brag about my family. There are eight of us, eight, well, uh, nieces and nephews between the three of us and my siblings. 
all eight of us are, all eight of them, all the kids are very successful, educated, and happy. None of them are into drugs, none of them are into jail, and they're resourceful humans. And have, have you noticed throughout this, I'm talking to the zillions of people that are listening, how honest Jennifer is, and she says she's honest, and she says she's kind, and she is a, she's, she's living that. Make sure you go to uh, masterrecruiting.com or you can connect with Jennifer on LinkedIn like I did or you can stalk her on Facebook like I did. Though. <laughs> but jump on his site and get that free guide. Uh, it's, it's a guide to hiring the right candidate and that's useful from both sides of the street. That, that's, right. that's got a lot of information whether you are seeking a position or you, or you want to find uh, somebody to join your company. And, and go through her blogs. There's so many great takeaways in there like necessary skills for interviewers and interviewees it's, it's great added value Jennifer this was delightful I really appreciate you coming on today um, I, f- I feel like I've made a new friend and I'm going to send you the link to Issaquah paddleboarding okay <laughs> I would love that have a lovely rest of your day thank, thank you Erin bye bye